You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Hello to all of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm your host, Kate Agnew. So before we get into this week's episode with the wonderful Glenn McIntosh, I wanted to take some time to personally thank each and every one of you for tuning into the show and supporting the show. I hope you've been enjoying each episode and that you're able to get something from it. And if you would like to enjoy even more opportunities, further inspiration, and also a front row seat to community discussions with like-minded nutrition leaders, then the Dietitian Connection Premium Membership is for you. Your premium membership will ensure you're informed with our exclusive Dietitian Connection Premium Newsletter. And one of the most useful resources is all-year-round access to webinars as well as discounts at Dietitian Connection events. So for more information and to sign up, uh, pop to dietitianconnection.com and then under Member Benefits, you'll see the Premium Benefits section. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All right, so thanks so much for joining us today, Glenn. Thank you for having me. So you are the founder and principal psychologist at Weight Management Psychology. And um, Glenn, you've authored a number of self-help resources in the past, Mm -hmm. and you've also conducted research and lectured in the area of health psychology. Is that right? That's correct. So for our listeners, you may have seen Glenn in the media. He's often interviewed about weight-related topics, or perhaps you've met him at a professional development workshop. So he's on the show today to discuss his passion, um, helping people manage their body image, eating, physical activity, and weight, as well as training health professionals. So Glenn has actually invited me to his studio here today, and thank you, Glenn. It's a real privilege to be here. Oh, thanks for coming. (laughs) You're sitting in the client's chair. Okay, excellent. Yeah, you're Even in the client's chair. <laughs> um, no, but it is really exciting to be chatting to you. So I just wanted to start off with a little bit about what sparked your interest in psychology. Ah, yeah. Or more specifically, weight management psychology. Yes, right. This is a funny one, Kate, because this is a question that I get asked all the time. I absolutely love this space. I think it is the most complex and interesting puzzle to solve for a psychologist but I've got to say I kind of fell into it so I um I actually wanted to be and it's funny how our our careers change I wanted to be a full-time martial arts teacher okay and my mum in her wisdom said Glenn you know you're not dumb why don't you do a bit of study so I I chose psychology because I think that all of us have a bit of a fascination with the way that our minds work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wasn't too keen on doing the clinical stuff. You know, that clinical psychology, you've got to take your hat off to those people because that is a big hard slog and uh, for, for, you know, working really hard for 
whatever gains you get. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually chose sports psychology. Okay. Back then when I started studying, I'm highlighting my age now, there was no health psychology. Yeah. So I studied sports psychology and I kind of felt like I was a bit like the weirdo of the sport and exercise psychology because most people in sports psychology are real sporters. Yeah. And I wasn't a massive sporto. I gravitated more to the exercise. Okay. So I was more interested in the psychology of exercise for the average person and how they got to develop a love affair with movement. Um, and from there, I actually had a wonderful mentor who had transformed his own life through the power of health psychology and became a really healthy person, a lecturer from the States. And he just came and, and mentored me in the psychology of eating and we just went from there. So, so I think that, that you know, more and more we're learning that psychology is not just for people who have a diagnosed mental health condition. It can apply to every area of life. And I think that weight management is just the most fantastic puzzle. Yeah, that's really interesting and very interesting that you, were, that you more went along the psychology aspect of it as opposed to the people that you were around in your cohort going with the science. The with the aspect. sport, yeah. yeah, it was really, really interesting. We would have these little, like, kind of jokes in the hallway. They'd be like, oh, Glenn, you're off working with all the fatties. And I would say, oh, well, and I would sort of have a little jibe back and say, well, I kind of just feel like helping someone transform their life is a bit more important than chopping another millisecond off Thorpey swim time, yeah. but you know, yeah. whatever works for you. And it gave you purpose, I suppose. This is, there's well. a lot of purpose in this. And, yeah. and, and also I think a lot of purpose, a lot of progress. So we mm -hmm. can, uh, I think that there's so much wonderful evidence out there as to how psychology can inform weight management mm -hmm. and, and we're really lucky that, that, that we need people to translate that evidence into applied processes. Mm -hmm. And we find that with just a little bit of research evidence and incorporating that into what we do, because a lot of what we do in weight management is not so evidence-based, mm -hmm. um, you can get awesome outcomes. So it's yeah. actually really fun working with people that way. Yeah. And can you tell me more about the emotional freedom techniques um, and how this compares to traditional CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the EFT or the emotional freedom techniques or people call it tapping because what you're doing is you're tapping on acupressure points. Um, from a, a neuropsychological perspective, we know that it calms down a part of your brain that's associated with fight or flight. And then that allows you to think more clearly. Uh, it's really interesting because the world leader in tapping for weight management is Peter Stapleton, who happens to be a researcher at Bond down the coast. Okay. So we're very fortunate to have her here in Australia. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there is so much to weight management that if we just have one tool in our toolbox, then we're doing ourselves and our clients a disservice. Um, CBT is definitely at the moment the kind of broad-shouldered 51% shareholder of psychological therapies and there is some research to show that it does help in, in weight management um, but I, I do a combination of CBT acceptance and commitment therapy which is like a mindfulness-based therapy. I do hypnotic work uh, because the evidence is quite compelling to show that if that's added on to CBT you get better results and the tapping. And I think the tapping provides a very 
unique way to deal with food cravings. Mm -hmm. So people actually come into the session with their chocolate or their Coke or whatever it is, and they, they typically have a desire for it, and we can tap that away in the course of a session. Is it an element of mindfulness as well? Or there is, is there's elements of a lot of different therapies okay. in EFT, but one of them is mindfulness because what we're actually doing is while we're tapping on the acupressure points, you're focusing on the reality of the problem. Yeah. So it's like, say if we were doing uh, cognitive behavior therapy, yeah, you might be encouraged to think a different way about your food craving. Think mm -hmm. a certain way about chocolate. I don't need chocolate. I'm fine without it. Um, but in the tapping, there is a certain element of mindfulness because we bring in the chocolate and we focus on the reality of the problem. Okay. So the person is focusing on, oh, I love the taste of this or this packaging, just seeing the colour of this packaging gets me excited. So we're being very mindful of the, the reality of the problem yeah. as we're tapping. That's so interesting, Glenn. It is such an interesting process and I think I've been doing the tapping. The tapping is the newest of my therapies mm -hmm. and I think I've been doing that for about three years now and I think it's only the last few months that I've stopped being surprised with yeah. how well it works. So good, obviously good results. The results are just fantastic. Yeah. And, and they're not, the research tells us that they're not dependent on the placebo effect. So it, 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 if the person's willing to give the tapping a go, because of course it's a bit of a different therapy, yeah. then we'll typically get really good results. Okay. Yeah. So um, do you think dietitians should be more trained about the psychology behind behavior change? Um, and in changing habits and also do you think we need to be more vocal about how important psychology is in behavior change okay yeah good question I think that absolutely I feel like um, most of the issues that dietitians are facing are really psychodietetic issues so whether it's emotional eating you're talking about your emotions or whether it's about creating a, a, a pattern of eating that is where someone listens to their hunger and fullness. That's mindfulness. Um, people experience for a whole bunch of reasons, whether it's self-esteem or work-life balance, uh, different resistance to change. And this is stuff that dietitians are facing day in, day out with their clients. Uh, and it's psychological in nature. So I feel almost like to do your job, you need to be half a psychologist. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. I think it's key to doing effective work in the weight management space. And as for whether you need to be more vocal, I feel like this is starting to happen. So maybe five or six years ago when I started doing uh, training courses for dietitians, I would ask, I would say to these guys, I'm like, don't you guys get taught this? And they'd say, no, Glenn, we, we don't. But I think in the last few years, it's really promising that I'm starting to hear that it is being incorporated into university courses, you know, uh, counseling, motivational interviewing, some non dieting ideas. Mm -hmm. So I'm very hopeful that the tide is changing. Yeah. So then, um, how do you think dietitians and psychologists can work together mm -hmm. to empower their clients to improve their health or, mm -hmm. and or achieve weight loss goals? Yep. yep. I, think that, I think that weight management is so multifactorial that it's, you know, for a psychologist, it's part of our mandate that we can't practice if we're not being effective with people. And so I don't think it, I think it's a more a matter of psychologists and dietitians need to work together. Okay. I think that, you know, most people who have struggled with weight management issues for a big part of their lives, they need 
at least the psychologist and the dietitian, then the doctor and potentially some type of fitness professional, whether that's a personal trainer, uh, an exercise physiologist or a, a, a physiotherapist. So I think that we need to work together. And it's interesting because I suppose the psychology field's emerging, what we're knowing is, is growing and, and what dietitians are knowing about food is, is changing over time as well. Um, and so I think that more so than having a, a set process of working together, uh, we need principles for how we work together. So we're really fortunate at Weight Management Psychology to have some brilliant relationships with several groups of dietitians. And, and I think the attitude is one of curiosity. Mm-hmm. So it's one of, of, of us learning from each other. Um, and it's one of collaboration, which includes the, the dietitian as the expert on food, the psychologist as the expert on the mind, and the person as the expert on themselves. Okay. So we have this, this interesting curiosity to work with the person. And, you know, thank goodness in dietetics and psychology, there are common themes, but everyone's different. And I think that's what makes our job interesting. So I find that that's the best way for us to work together, you know, sit down and uh, for dietitians to meet a few psychologists um, we have the beauty and the curse of social media these days. So you can really see a lot about what people are about through their blogs and their YouTube videos and, and, and sort of understand and find some like-minded people. I don't believe that we need to be on exactly the same page. I think we need to be in the same book. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's okay to have slight differences with the different health professionals. I think if you have that attitude of collaboration and curiosity, you'll always find the right answer. Okay. And then know when it's important to refer absolutely detailed sessions, with, with a, whether it be a dietitian or a psychologist. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it comes down to having good relationships with, um, with your referral network yeah. and having a lot of faith in your referral network and having that communication open with with whoever you're referring back and forth with that you can really say to your clients because you know clients they're busy people they've got complicated lives so whenever you're adding something on top of their complicated lives you want to be really confident that that's going to get a great result Um, so if I'm referring to a dietitian and someone says to me oh Glenn look you know I've seen three dietitians before it didn't really help me out I want to say this dietitian works with me specifically. Uh, they're very educated on the non-dieting approach. They understand how our, our processes can work together. And I'm pretty sure you'll come back in next time and you'll be thinking, wow, I never actually knew that a dietitian could be so valuable to mm-hmm. me. And then you guys need to do that with the psychologist. You yeah. know, If you, you find a good psychologist that's doing good work, you need to be able to say to the client, no, this person is, you know, not a not a, a weirdo. They're not going to ask you lots of in-depth questions about your childhood if they're not relevant. They're not going to sort of peer over their spectacles and keep you in for two years talking about your paternal grandmother. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you, you're going to go there and you're going to get some value. And I do think it's hard for us to refer because obviously uh, people who are in private practice, they're running their own business and there's a finite amount of money. But what I always say to my um, the health professionals that I train is that I think you actually end up, it, it becomes great for business referring because when people aren't seeing value anymore, they stop showing up. 
So if I, as a psychologist, am, uh, you know, I'm not giving a client any more value, then they're going to stop coming to me. Mm-hmm. But if I can, I've just had a, a client today who's going in for a first dietitian session uh, with a, a dietitian that we work with, um, and, and I'm confident that that's going to be another step for her, and she's going to keep transforming, and she's going to stay engaged with me. So I actually think it's a really good uh, business opportunity to refer out to people. Yeah. Um, and Glenn, can you actually, on that note, give us a brief synopsis of your latest adventure, Thursday Therapy? Oh, yes, Thursday Therapy. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what um, you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. and also who might benefit. Yeah, totally, totally. So the, the I've wanted to do a YouTube channel for a while, um, and it's actually just a really fun thing to do. So personally, it's, it's quite a fun process. Uh, but the purpose of Thursday therapy is that I think there's, there are so many fads out there. There are so many gimmicks. Um, there are so many things that aren't research-based out there in the weight management space. And I think that we as professionals and, and academics basing our work on solid research, we sometimes tend to sit in our ivory towers and kind of poo-poo the you know the, re- the the new fad diet, but the new fad diet is out there in the social media space. They have great marketing, great money behind them, and I believe that in our space we're really working against the dieting industry. So we need to be smart enough to use the same tools. And so Thursday therapy is, is a way for me to get evidence-based ideas out there on the psychology of eating movement, weight, and body image. And the format is that people just ask me questions. So they might ask the question that we're answering today um, for for Thursday therapy this Thursday is, can I learn to love physical activity? Mm. Um, So someone's just emailed in and asked that question and I answer whatever the the people's questions are. So it's clients that are emailing or health professionals or both? It's at the moment, it's clients who are emailing me. Okay. But the interesting thing is that the channel's really set up to support clients and the health professionals that are supporting them. Yeah. It's actually, you know, I'm really thankful that dietitians are getting on board with Thursday therapy. And um, a lot of them are actually playing the, the videos, which are sort of between five and 20 minutes long, even in their sessions with clients yeah. and saying, hey, what do you think about this? Because it's a great way to reinforce, you know, psychology-based principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Thursday therapy number 10 was about caring for yourself. Yeah, I did watch that one. Yeah, okay. Fantastic. Oh, cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. But I think a lot of dietitians, you know, you might say, look, you need to, to take time for yourself to um, complete a food journal or to prepare your, your meals or whatever it might be. And so this is something that then they can say, hey, have a look at this Thursday therapy video and, and, and they can debrief it between sessions or, or somehow uh, somehow just encourage the, the client to watch it. A lot of clients and obviously we'd love them to subscribe themselves mm-hmm. um, and then they can just get this extra sort of psychology-based information. Yeah. But we're, we're, it, it's really set up for people and the professionals that are supporting them. And there's one every week. Every two weeks, yeah. yeah. Okay. Every two weeks, we have had quite a few people emailing through saying, "Can't wait till next Thursday." We're like, "Hey, hold yeah. up, we've got to practice to run." Yeah. Um, so it's every two weeks. It's yep. great as well. Video is becoming the most 
popular way to, it to is. communicate it via is. social media. Yep, so, totally, yeah. totally. It's sort of coming into that space where you need that the visual. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and so it's a really cool time for us and it, it's, it's quite a buzz for me now. We're starting to get a few people through who have seen Thursday Therapy and are now coming to see me. Mm-hmm. And it's quite an interesting process for me to be starting to explain non-dieting or explain hypnosis work or... Um, talk about caring for yourself more and they say oh yeah Glenn actually no I've already got that I've seen your Thursday therapy so it's kind of a crazy idea as a as someone who's based in private practice to, to think that we can get our ideas out to people who haven't haven't even seen us mm-hmm. and it can benefit you know people on such a wider scale so it's pretty it's pretty fun and pretty powerful stuff yeah and for all of our listeners, we'll have the link to Thursday Therapy and our show notes as well. Ah, oh, very cool. Channel, so yeah, thank you. Subscribe. Thing. Yes. Um, so, Glenn, just a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. You have three hours of completely uninterrupted time. Oh, how do you spend it? Kate, how are you getting me this time? <laughs> Where does this time come from? Okay, um, three hours of uninterrupted time. Well, I, would, I, I actually love working. So if I t- took work out of the equation, I'm actually a really simple person. So I'm a bit geeky. I'm a, I quite like to spend, like uh, I had a few hours of uninterrupted time on Sunday and I was happy as Larry to declutter my bathroom cupboard. Oh, okay. I actually find it quite a zen-like experience. Yeah, well, does it to... declutter your mind? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually wrote a blog on that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I say de- uh, declutter inside or out. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you start. Mm-hmm. So I find it quite a, a cleansing, therapeutic process. Um, but I'm also a big film buff. Yeah, I'm a great <laughs> watcher of films. So okay. I don't watch stuff that I don't like. But if there's a good film there, I'm happy as Larry to sit there and do what I call some everyday mindful eating. Yeah. So I actually sit there with like a burger or something. Okay. Um, and and pay a bit of attention to what I'm eating. But, you know, part of non-dieting is about being free to eat whatever you want. Yeah. So I can do that guilt-free and it's a beautiful ritual mm-hmm. to me. Um, I also find that, you know, as a martial artist, moving is our meditation. Yeah. So sometimes if I have some free time, I like to just go to a, a martial arts gym, SASM MMA that, that I'm a part of. And uh, often when I have time to go, there's no one there and I might spend an hour or an hour and a half just moving. Fantastic. Just, yeah, it's a very zen-like experience. Spe- specific type of martial art? Or I have a background in uh, freestyle karate. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and Thai boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and more recently mixed martial arts. Yeah. So just as a fun thing, mm-hmm. um, but I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that that teaches you a lot about your mind and getting over m- mental. Well, I think, right? so. I think so. I think so. I mean, the martial arts, are, the way they should be taught. I actually, I did my master's research in psychosocial factors and weight management, mm-hmm. but I did my honors research in martial arts training and how it affects your mind. Okay. And so martial arts, I think like all sports uh, that we experience in Australia should be about, you know, competition and self-development, but, but also teach you a, a model for how to live. So I think that I... I'm very fortunate to have been exposed to the martial arts, given me a lot of discipline, mm-hmm. um, and it does. It teaches you how to, to control your mind, especially the competitive aspect. You know, yeah. if someone there is punching and kicking and wanting to throw you on the ground, yeah. you kind of have to be mentally switched off. There's yeah. kind of no option. Protect yourself. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah. Glenn, just to finish us up, um, so thinking about the future, mm -hmm. what do you think needs to be done to address obesity on a population level? Oh, okay. Yes, great question. Great question. I, I have a hashtag that I use. We are all in this together. And that means our clients and all of the health professionals. So I really feel like um, people who are, actually care about people and their progress and people who want to do evidence-based work need to find ways to work together. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're really campaigning against the food industry mm -hmm. because these psychodietetic issues that we're, we're fighting against are just getting worse because there's too much high calorie, low nutrient food. Yeah. It's like we used to hunt food and now food hunts us. Yeah. And it's a good analogy. And that's yeah. the nature of the problem. And yeah. so we're not going to create any long-term change until those broader changes happen. Mm -hmm. um, and also I believe it's us campaigning against the diet industry mm -hmm. because, the, you know, the jury is out and come back in. We know that weight-focused diet and exercise plans are ineffective at best, harmful at worst. Um, and so we, we, we really need to to, as evidence-based practitioners, review what we're doing and show the public a new way forward. Okay. And then obviously work to change food industry-related. And then work policy. and work and work. Yeah. And There's work. always work to be done. There's always a lot of work to be done. There is yeah. so much to this space that, that I feel like there's, you know, we've got decades in us. Yeah. Um, but I think there's the tide is changing. People are, are starting to understand new approaches, non-dieting approaches, the way that um, the allied health team can really work well with bariatric surgery mm. and, and techniques like the hypnosis and tapping that might not be considered mainstream now mm -hmm. but have a really good and growing evidence base behind them. Yeah. Glenn, this has been such a fantastic interview. Also, for the listeners, we'll have the key points from this episode and also some more links as well as to Thursday Therapy on our show notes at dietitianconnection.com. Um, and we're also proud to announce that Dietitian Connection and Weight Management Psychology will be holding a number of um, upcoming webinars and also extra exciting professional development tools coming up. We will release those details in the newsletter and on social media so stay tuned it's a very exciting time for dietitians and psychologists to very be working exciting. together and glenn thank you so much for inviting me to your wonderful studio today and allowing me to chat to you it's been really fantastic to learn more about um, your mission and also the work that you do it's been a total pleasure thanks so much for having me